0: Eventually, the true story, such as it is, will be people will know more than, than what they currently do. It's, it'll take time, it'll take time, that's all. I'm here representing civil society. I want also to thank the press for their courtesy and consideration. American
1: business ethics do not exist, and business, apparently, y- you've got to assume right from the beginning that you're dealing with people who have got the morals of barnyard roosters, and you better have good lawyers and large resorts, and be on your guard. And uh, it is in, we know that memory does funny things. We know that uh, lawyers became involved, several lawyers representing the same women. The stories then begin to be starting to involve Gillen pretty much after the Epstein Fund starts to become available.
2: The family have written a letter today to Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, requesting his immediate intervention uh, to alter uh, the conditions that my sister is facing during her trial. Yes, the first thing to say is that you said
1: Evet bana para kazanmak ya da iş kurmak hakkında soruyorsunuz. Cevap aynı anda bunların ikisinde başarabileceğiniz.
2: that it truly will become the
1: internet of things, uh, meaning that the internet is everywhere, isn't just that one will just sit at a computer or have it on one's mobile device, but we will wear it send it smell it see it you understand that you are a very controversial man in this country i'm delighted many many people see you as a genius see me as what a genius genius yes there are others however less fond of you who see you as a bit of a buffoon (laughs) they're entitled to their opinion delane maxwell is in the news again this week Not only is her defense team making a case to reduce her sentence, but they are also actively preventing Sarah, Ransom, an Epstein victim from being able to give a victim impact statement. With all that going on, we thought now would be a good time to give people a crash course on the Maxwell family. I have long maintained that Epstein's legitimacy came from his collection to Ghislaine Maxwell. You may or may not know this already, but she is the daughter of Robert Maxwell, the infamous media mogul, former member of British Parliament, and most likely Israeli spy. Maxwell is believed to have worked for Mossad, the Israeli National Intelligence Agency. Before Israel existed, he was getting check weapons to Zionist militias. During the Arab-Israeli war, he smuggled aircraft parts into what would become Israel, which allowed for the Zionists to win the war and establish Israel in the former British territory of Palestine. Not to get too far ahead, but at his funeral, six active and former heads of Israeli intelligence attend the funeral, one of which gave a eulogy that even stated he has done more for Israel than can today be told. Stu, what do you mean? Then can today be told. It seems to me like they're saying there's a lot of stuff he did, but we can't tell you about it right now. Exactly. I think it's because it's all in the background, and a lot of the work that Maxwell did seems to indicate that he was helping Israel set up their own nuclear uh, capabilities, which is something Israel wouldn't want to flaunt in the Middle East.
2: And have you done much research on um, arms selling and how much money he may have made from that?
1: It indicates that he made a fair bit. He has this style of operating where he will make a business that's really a front. And so he might have like 12 different book publishers, but some of those might actually be fronts for weapons dealing. He certainly has affiliates that we'll talk about later who are also weapon dealers as well. If the ties ended there, I believe it would be smart to have some doubts. However, Maxwell informed the Israeli embassy in London to Mordecai Venunu, an Israeli nuclear scientist whistleblower. Maxwell was involved with the spy software Promise, and according to Ben Menashe, former Israeli security consultant and arms dealer, Maxwell ran a covert Israeli operation transferring arms to Iran, and which became known as the Iran-Contra Affair. Also, according to Ben Menashe, Maxwell wanted to include one Jeffrey Epstein and his arms-dealing operation. Now, with a name like Robert Maxwell, why would he be involved with Israel so heavily? Well, let's learn about his early life.
0: Robert Maxwell was born Jan Ludwig Hoch on June 10, 1923, in a remote salt mining village in Czechoslovakia. The region, part of the modern day Ukraine, shifted four times between World War I and World War II before eventually collapsing into the Soviet Union. Growing up, times were tough.
1: We lived in uh, one room with seven children hungry most of the time.
0: The New York Post reported that Maxwell said, I was never young, I never had that privilege. Political turmoil shaped Maxwell's childhood. His family was Jewish, and he was coming of age right as Adolf Hitler rose to power. At 11, he was sent to study rabbinical literature. But a few years later, the Nazis invaded, so Robert decided to leave the yeshiva. Before catching the train home, he cut off his peyote, his long sidewalks to hide his Jewish identity. At 16, he enlisted in the Hungarian resistance as a spy, but was quickly arrested at the border. He spent four months shackled in a windowless room before the authorities ordered a show trial for his execution. But Maxwell, always in survival mode, managed to escape on his way to court. As soon as he was out, he immediately wanted back into the action. He joined the French Foreign Legion and was shipped to Liverpool. There, he taught himself English and changed his name to Ivan to sound more British. I enjoyed the world. His name changed again before he finally became Ian Robert Maxwell. By then, he was a second lieutenant in the Queen's Royal Regiment and wanted to sound more distinguished, Scottish, and well, less Jewish. During the war, Maxwell became fluent in multiple languages and was often assigned to go undercover, but he didn't mind the danger. In fact, he had a reputation for acting pretty brazen and putting his life on the line for his soldiers, even if that meant going against orders. Near the end of his life, he was investigated for having possibly killed an unarmed German civilian during the war. Maxwell even admitted the crime in a letter to his wife, but the case was closed because investigators were unable to find a witness. When the war ended, Maxwell was awarded the Military Cross. That same year, he learned that his parents and four of his siblings had been killed at Auschwitz. But he didn't get much time to grieve. Immediately, he left for Paris and wed Betty Maynard, a wealthy French Protestant woman he'd met two months earlier at a servicemen's club.
2: Stu, I find his background impressive. Um, He's courageous, and he um, stepped up to plate and,
1: you know, fought for what was right, or at least what certainly appeared to be right. Yeah. And I think it says behavior after the Second World War, which does turn some people off of him, where he's always suing anyone who says anything remotely negative about him. And a lot of the information we have today about the Maxwell family is from these British tabloids that covered them almost like they were the uh, Kardashians in a way, where they're just always in the news media and if he ever had any kind of business dealings with people he didn't like, he would often sue them. So some of the negative sentiment that's felt, that's felt towards Maxwell today is due to the fact that he was suing people all the time. And then it turns out he was using pension money from his employees to fund all these little things he's doing all over the place. But he's dead by the time he gets caught for that. I could spend hours going into all the details regarding Promise software. In a nutshell, the software was made by INSLAW with aid from the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration. Different investigative journalists have different takes on whether INSLAW knew there was a backdoor or if the software was stolen and then adapted into having a backdoor. But regardless, Promise had a backdoor that allowed for it to be incredibly useful to many different world intelligence agencies. Robert Maxwell was selling this in the Middle East and the Americas and even sold it to the KGB. He even targeted tech companies that could aid Israeli innovation. But our big takeaway here is that at the onset of the digital age, Robert Maxwell is deeply tied to tech and is selling his software all over the world for the benefit of Israel and most likely to also benefit The American government who were aware of this and set him up with promise. Perhaps, but you
2: mentioned that he also sold this software to the KGB. It seems to me that he's a opportunist for money.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, the KGB thought he was an American spy and the Americans for a little bit thought he was A KGB Spy.
0: When his military service ended, he took over a subsidiary of a medical and legal textbook company and renamed it Pergamon. At the same time, he was also importing and exporting goods under the name Anglo Continental Exchange Limited with a business partner named Kurt Wallersteiner. For this, the FBI suspected the two had become Soviet spies. A British intelligence file also described Robert as a thoroughly bad character and almost certainly financed by Russia, but they were never able to prove it.
1: So I think they both were so egotistical during the Cold War that they didn't think, oh, maybe this guy is more soldier for fortune slash possibly another country's spy. So he really does have an elusive persona. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Maxwell had his hand in many different ventures. He even tried to buy Tetris, the puzzle video game from the Soviet Union at one point. He would mysteriously die in 1991 in what some call a suicide, others an accidental drowning when he somehow fell off his yacht. The Lady Ghislaine, named after his youngest daughter, For my James Bond fans out there, Elliot Carver, the Bond villain in Tomorrow Never Dies, is actually inspired by Maxwell, which is why M quips. Penny, take this release.
2: Elliot Carver is missing, presumed drowned, while on a cruise aboard his luxury yacht in the South China Sea. At present, the local authorities believe the media mogul committed suicide. Dude, that reminds me of Natalie Wood and the movie, um, the scene in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, yeah, accidental drowning. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, Galen believed her father was murdered.
0: You'll never know. So you'll never be 100 percent sure of exactly what took place. The only thing I'm sure of is that he did not commit suicide.
1: Who would the perpetrator be? I've seen people speculate. That the Israeli government thought he was getting too big for his britches and they whacked him or that the American government felt he was doing a bit too much. You know, he's personally talking with Gorbachev about buying Tetris. And I think maybe even the Americans thought he had overstepped his boundaries and with the permission of the Israelis whacked him. In other words, he got too
2: big for his britches.
1: Yeah, yeah, which all signs indicated to that was happening. So Maxwell had nine children, two of which died in tragic ways. One from complications from a car accident, the other from childhood leukemia. Two of the children want nothing to do with the Maxwell name or anything related to that but the other five children are the ones we will be talking about today who seem to have followed in their father's footsteps. So let's transition to Christine and Isabel Maxwell, who are heavily involved with tech in Silicon Valley. They actually were working with their father's company that was selling the Promise software. It seems to me that Christine and Isabel Uh, are the primary ones who have taken over daddy's job as little cyber spies. Christine and Isabel co-found one of the first ever search engines, Magellan in the 90s. Both Ghislaine and Kevin Maxwell were investors. I know I remember this being on all the school computers growing up. Excite, an early tech web portal company, think AOL, bought Magellan and even tried to buy Google back in the day. However, Google outcompetes it and Magellan has lost the of time with her money from Excite. Christine starts a company called Chiliad. Chiliad makes use of on-demand, massively scalable, intelligent mining of structured and unstructured data through the use of natural language and search technologies, intelligence mining. That sounds pretty familiar. Business Wire had this to say about Chiliad. After an extensive evaluation of available technologies, the FBI turned to Chiliad to create its investigative data warehouse. Not only did Chiliad succeed where other vendors had failed, but the FBI engagement has proven to be one of the shining successes in the war on terror. Chiliad software helped the FBI earn the only A score on the National Counterterrorism Report Card issued by the bipartisan members of the 9-11 Commission for its efforts in tracking money laundering. The FBI reported that Chilead Software reduced the time to process counterterrorism tasks from 3,200 hours to 30 minutes, saving the cost and time of 170,000 analyst hours over a four-month period and representing a return on investment in productivity savings of 300% over the first four months of use. Chiliad runs the gambit until it was replaced by Peter Thiel's Palantir in the late 2000s.
2: You know, Stu, um, Joseph Kennedy, President Kennedy's father was appointed to the Securities and Exchange Commission by Roosevelt. And one of the reasons was is because he was a securities fraud and a securities crook. And with the Maxwell's knowledge of money laundering and intelligence issues, it may be that they were the ideal people to develop software like this.
1: Absolutely. They get all the experience of working with promise and then they're able to shoot off into these new technologies. There seems to be these families that really kind of are the families of spies. They're spy families. I think the bars are an example of this. I think the Maxwells are an example of this. And I think the Kennedys were an example of this up until they started to get killed off and assassinated. Isabel would go on and work for the Israeli company Comtouch in 1997 and become its president. Comtouch rebranded and is now Siren. This is an Israeli company founded by many previous intelligence and army officials. Isabel even got Bill Gates and Paul Allen to invest and even got Microsoft to personally invest $20 million into it. According to rumors, Gates may have been more than a little sweet on Isabel and they may have had a fling. This is inspired by an interview where The Guardian describes her as purring and faking a Southern accent when talking about him and how she persuaded him to give her money. Regardless, it looks like Gates even introduced Isabel to his friends at the World Economic Forum who made her one of their technology pioneers. Regardless, Scion is now one of the world's leaders in cybersecurity and has a security cloud with 1.3 billion users in over 180 countries. Isabel is also involved with many other Israeli tech companies, including one that protects children online and sits on the board of Backweb and partners with Checkpoint, both of which have ties to Israel's Unit 8200, which is their equivalent of the NSA. And more of a fun fact, Isabel Maxwell's son worked for Hillary Clinton's State Department and was chief of staff of the Middle East desk right out of college. In my opinion, it looks like Isabel and Christine both created their own successors to Promise Software. Kevin and Ian Maxwell both follow in their father's footsteps of being involved in multiple businesses that are seemingly fronts. After their father's death, they get left holding the bag as the Mirror Group media empire collapses. Kevin Maxwell became the biggest personal bankruptcy in UK history with debts of 406.5 million pounds in 92. He was later tried in 96 was acquitted of fraud charges arising from his role in his father's companies. But my belief is where the girls are involved with tech, Kevin and Ian seem to mirror their father's proclivency for making businesses that act as fronts. Kevin is somehow a director of 24 different companies. Ian is the director of 31. These were the stats in the early 2000s, but the brothers are much better at avoiding the press nowadays. Kevin also goes on to be the co-founder of the think tank combating jihadist terrorism. Last but not least is Daddy's princess, Ghlaine Maxwell. I'm going to be focusing exclusively on her involvement with tech. I mentioned how she had invested in Magellan. Uh, Ghislaine headed Terramar, which was an ocean conservation nonprofit, but it focused on how we could use technology to do so. And just like what we see with Comtouch and Promise, it was data mining to do so. Her husband, Scott Borgensen, who we only found out about after she was arrested, was the CEO of Cargometrics, his maritime innovation company that dealt with shipping data analytics that he founded in 2010. He stepped down from this in 2020 due to the interest in his relationship with Ghislaine. More evidence concerning this interest in tech, Jeffrey Epstein, was also heavily invested in tech from 2012 until his death.
2: Well, may I ask you, um, she was married to this Borgensen guy for the last 12 years? It looks
1: like they got married at some point in 2016. Okay. Mm. I mean, for all we know, he's some intelligence person. And now that she's some burned asset, they... they have this fake intelligence marriage and then that way you know if she does get to be free one day she can get all of her money back without it having to go to Epstein victims or something and that it's more of a marriage of convenience but he's tried to get divorced from her last I checked um
2: and when did she meet Jeffrey Epstein because it seems to me that they've been together as a whatever you want to call them, a couple.
1: Um, so, for, the early 90s. Yeah, that's three decades. Yeah, so while Kevin and Ian are dealing with, after their father's death, she starts to become this New York socialite. And it seems that that is where she met Epstein. It looks like Epstein may have met her father at some point and may have been involved with him. And that could have also been but I would say the conservative answer would be like 91, 92. And then if you're a bit more conspiratorial, it may have been around 86. I mean, there's so much here. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the thing about Epstein is nobody really knows
2: how he made his money. Still, nobody knows. And he he wasn't that bright of a guy. And I'm wondering if it's Gazelle.
1: Is that how you say it? Now? The name, it's a tough name to say, and I, you know, I mess it up all the time. But the S is silent when you say it in this kind of French-Belgium uh, posh way to say it. Ghislaine. So Ghislaine. So her mom's of her mom's French. Okay. Well,
2: makes you wonder if Ghislaine was the true brains behind Epstein.
1: And so when she comes to America, she already has a few businesses in America. Because her dad would just set up these businesses. Was it the money from the business that her father set up for her that was the initial nest egg for Jeffrey? Stu, it's an interesting
2: family with their tentacles seemingly everywhere. Um, don't know what to make of it, Stu. I don't think we have enough information to really know the depths of their criminal activity but it certainly seems like there's a dark abyss that we know nothing about but can assume that um, some very unsavory things may have happened to lots of folks and um, some business practices um, likely occur to enrich them
1: Uh, unlawfully and at the expense of others. Yeah, and this is all, and what we pretty much focused on almost exclusively today was how the Maxwell family and people in the Maxwell family who we don't actively think about on a daily basis have their hands in tech and have their hands and are involved with the tech that's used by these government agencies actively or in the past. And This is before we even start to get into the fact of a lot of the tech that they're now involved with is used in kind of this medical tracking. And so that's its own different topic. But just be aware, people, that these are the families and there are people out there like the Maxwells who aren't as publicly facing, but are essentially a family of spies. And their allegiance really isn't to anyone. They have themselves yeah they are essentially they are digital soldiers of fortune and they are able to amass for themselves these little fiefdoms where they are almost you are not even able to scrutinize them well still i always i didn't know all this until
2: today but i would assume that maxwell's wealth came from his publishing
1: empire But that really failed, didn't it? Did it fail because he just got too greedy and stretched himself too thin? And I mean, he was stealing money from the pension fund to keep it alive. To seemingly like buy Tetris, it seems near the end.
2: But the real money comes from um, combining their connections in the intelligence world with um, high tech. Yeah,
1: yeah. Interesting. Still, you uncovered some stuff nobody knew about. Okay. So if y'all liked this video, uh, make sure to just like, comment, subscribe, share, and do all those things that help us out in the algorithm. Jeffrey
2: Y didn't kill himself. Jeffrey Ypsy didn't kill himself. Jeffrey Y didn't kill himself. Jeffree Yfy didn't kill himself. He was a victim of an arc inside. But Jeffrey Ypsy didn't kill himself.